with Ronan Quirk. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Owen Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clon Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. Our text number is 83 That one number works for WhatsApp messages as well. If you want to contact us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at tipfmsport. Or if you want that number again, it's 083-311-3311. Don't forget, we have a lot to come on tonight's show. We'll be looking ahead to the camogie fixtures. We'll have a bit of minor camogie as well. We've rugby to talk about, Cashel, Clonmel and... Nina, all involved in AIL action over the course of the weekend. FAI Junior Cup takes centre stage. Barry Ryan will be with us later on. And we also have news and reports on the Tip Senior Ladies win up in Cavan over the course of the weekend. Uh, don't forget as well, the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. We're looking for nominations for the month of January. As January comes to a close, some outstanding piece of sporting excellence that you saw over the course of the last few weeks. Just let us know your thoughts. If you want to nominate somebody, send in an email to sportsstar at tipfm.com. That's sportsstar at tipfm.com. And uh, we will look at those over the course of the uh, the next couple of weeks and we'll have a winner and the first show in February. We'll announce the January winner. Our text number again is 083-311-3311. Well, it's, uh, believe it or not, the first round of the football National Football League is going to take place this coming weekend. It's a Saturday night, Saturday evening throw-in, I think, for tip against Carlo, which opens the round four, the Division Four, round one for Tipperary. And uh, just have a quick talk about it. Tom McGrath's on the line. How are you, Tom? Good, Roland. Thanks. Tom, if I asked you what a realistic ambition of yours and the football family in Tipperary would be for our league campaign this year, what would it be? I suppose the league, the league, you're starting, you're starting it in the basement, rock bottom, I suppose, really. Uh, very poor overall display last year. I suppose minimum requirements in any, in any of the leagues, Roland. The advantage, if people look at the fixtures, say, immediately, yeah, we have four home matches. So that's an advantage straight away. Yeah, like. is, yeah. So win your home matches. You have Carlo, Leash, Waterford, Wexford at home. And I think if we're if it's like that that has to be a, a reasonable objective is to get is to target them four matches. And uh, as as things would have it, uh, you're probably <laughs> it's a bit of hard luck really, but you have Longford, Warren Cup winners, mm-hmm. London beat Mayo in the Munster there in the Connacht League didn't build on that of course and Leitrim were never an easy one so you have three very difficult away matches and I think if, we're not going to get much on the road if we can't get points at home like so I mean I, I, like that's, that's that's your first objective and try and build on that and the first first match often I say it first match the most important match is the first match yeah. no matter what you're playing like. No no it's fair and uh, Carlo's up first for Tipperary and just to take where we are and take stock of where we are we have a new management team in but I suppose the high or the headline news from the tip football f- uh, squad over the course of the last couple of months has been retirements and absentees that are 
have occurred. Michael O'Reilly's gone travelling. Uh, Lee McGrath has retired. Coleman Kennedy has retired. Um, uh, Kevin Fahey has retired. Like Liam Coleman, Michael, and Kevin would all be probable starters if fit. If you're picking your strongest fifteen, yeah, I suppose lads lads opt out for 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 different reasons, and you know it's 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 really to start with Michael O'Reilly, not. No, don't be disrespectful to Michael Riley in this now, but I mean you've Evan Comfort to come back into it there. I think that's that that's 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 fine. Uh the other lads then, um I I hope they're not retired. Be hopeful that they are stepped be, away they maybe. Uh, yeah, I think so, like for, for, for different reasons. Was like and you know, you throw Bill Maher and Michael Quinn Levin in 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 after that then, and maybe Paul Maher and sort of Huge experience, street-wise, ideal guys for Division Four. It wouldn't be the most demanding. I've had the, look, we've had the conversation at the dinner table. We'll be trying to we'll be trying to work on that and kind of say, well, look, your country needs you. Like, but uh, it would be it would be helped. I've had some of those lads, I think, on board to give a bit of support and you know and. Like to be fair, if Conor Sweeney come back into it, Conor has been Conor has been training there and tough going for him. Like, and can't expect Conor Sweeney when he goes back in to carry the forward line on his own. Like, but if he had a few more experience, well, a, a fit and you know rejuvenated Stephen O'Brien is would be a very welcome addition because you know we've missed a lot of Stephen over the course of the last, particularly last year. I, I don't know how much time he had on the field; very, very limited time. Um, but if not, you get not that near what you be what you need, yeah. yeah. Um, and like that's almost like finding a new player, getting Stephen O'Brien back because we all know what, what he can offer and what he can achieve. Yeah, offers fierce physical presence going forward, but yeah, 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 physical presence is one thing that's very important in the encounter. And I mean, you know, Division Four football is an absolute minefield. God knows, spent long enough in it, like so, to know what it's about, like. But he he's a huge player in that, and it's about keeping him keeping him fit and getting support from there as well because you can't expect Stephen O'Brien to be taking ball in his own back line and scoring above the other end like they're they're working with Teddy Dyle around that area as well like and their club mates and that, that's that's going to be a, a help I think and I'd be I'd be more, more be optimistic enough about the situation I think it was it was very was very important. It was a meaningless match, but I think it was important that they got the win against Limerick the last day. I was going to. That was my next question because it we haven't beaten Limerick for a while. I I t- argued to say that the last time we beat Limerick, we took a Connor Sweeney point from the sideline. Yeah. In extra time, maybe. Yeah, uh, what, to happened, beat... what, what happened after that? Oh, I know. And that was a COVID. <laughs> Regrettably, there wasn't yeah. uh, people there to, to see the quality of that 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 strike. But also, uh, and that led on to a Munster title. Um, yeah. But that was the last time we beat Limerick. I think you, you really said something quite important. I know it was only early season competition, but that win over Limerick, I think, was important because we need to be beating other teams in Munster other than just Waterford. Well, it's important to see that you're. It's 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 important at this moment in time because, like, the last thing you'll you'll have to dwell on going out next. At, we'll say when ten to six or whenever they're going out in the field, we'd ask them, "Come on, let's let's build on what we had. We had our last day out. It's good memories. Beat beat Limerick, right? But, but doesn't matter what it was. You 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 had a, you had a win. 
and that's important and it's you use that as your first building block and then hopefully use Carlo as another one and then then you have kind of a couple of contrary away matches like but it's look it, 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 that's what it is but it all starts it all starts on, on Saturday evening and part of you is get your get your two points on the board and build build from there like and get a bit of a performance as well like but I think I, I, I take a two points to one win on Saturday evening now I'm that's strange that I've changed my mindset Ronan but I mean it's it's a results driven business like and we'll worry about performance after that but get get the get the win first. But I think it'll be a bit different this year that I think there'll be a bit more um bit more go forward and quicker transition to the ball forward as well like that. That and that might that that might suit as well. You know, Sean O'Connor is 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 up front and he's a player that I I had a few regard for for the first time I saw him like and kind of he gets get a bit of support and you have you know, he he has a presence and get the ball get the ball into him and work for him. I, I mean, Luke Shannon, one of his first matches, got in and failed. Look, real predator's goal, ball broke, got it and put in the back of it. That was the that was the crucial score against Limerick. So mm. there'll be loads of them type of situations developing in in, in, in the next few weeks. And well, you want fellas then that will be there to pick up those pieces. Uh, in fairness to Paul Kelly and his team, they haven't had a huge amount of time with the lads I know that a lot of the S&C work has been going on and obviously that will continue in the hard months of winter and into spring um, Carlo up first then away to Longford Ho away to London so you've in your first three matches two of them are on the road Longford and London and I take your point about London's performance in the FBD league or whatever it is up in Connacht but mm. even in London you'd still be expecting Tip to beat them yeah, like a couple of years ago, probably, but not so. I wouldn't be putting the wouldn't be putting the family farm on us, no. The short, the short, even the short on a jet like it. Wait and see. That's but you see, if I'm back to my original point, that's why Saturday is so important. It's a home match, the two way matches, two contrary ones, and like you know, that's why you have two points going away. Like that's a help, you know. And now for the Saudi Auburn Cup. Final other reason now, and it was it was decent. I mean, they, they beat Dublin, and I mean, no bad team comes to Dublin. So I mean, Longford. What I liked about Longford, they were putting the the foot back into football. They were, they were they were kicking the ball. They had a few not so big fellas up front that were showing good show for the ball, and that's where. But we have plenty of lads that will be able to counter them as well, and they might be more streetwise than some of the Dublin fellas as well. Like so, mm. I, that's. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. The, the, the key is just have your have your two points for the for the trip to Longford, and then London. London won't be. I, I think London have got their act together a bit in in recent years. And I think they'll be now getting their act together sounds a bit dismissive, of them, like, but they've they're more they're more stabilised. They're getting fellas that are. That they're not transients; they're there. They're there most, and they're living in London. They're London born now, some at this stage as well. Like that all helps their team spirit as well. Yeah, it does. Uh, the more you talk about it, the more important uh, Saturday night's game really comes into focus. There's no two ways about it. Um, I one player that I probably worth mentioning who's not available at the moment because of injury is Conal Kennedy, who I think as well. You you speak about Stephen O'Brien make having a presence. I think you can say the same and applies to Conal as well in terms of what he can do around the middle of the field. Yeah, because these these one their number one game is football. Play a good lot of football. They train football. They're not, you know, they're not mixing their games to a huge extent. But they have a bit of size, athleticism, and they're 
their football it comes natural to them. Like that they're, you know, good to feel the ball, good to catch it, good to kick it, good to, you know, see the see the chance. It comes. It's like an edge. Like and they'll they'll see this half chance. I mean, it's just still like it's amazing. It, it made the it made the airways there in recent times. Colin Kennedy's goal in the or Colin Kennedy's goal in the twenty eleven. Yeah, instinct. I mean, that's what. And when fellas have that type of stuff, they'll do the thing that they'll do the right thing. It comes to them first chance. Conor Glass yesterday saw the chance, took his goal, and yeah, match wouldn't have been won without it. Like, and same thing back with back with Conan. All those fellas, they're 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 scared enough in Tipperary that we kind of need to have all those fellas as get as get them on the field as often as is humanly possible. Like that. You know, if you can add a couple of lads along the way, great. Like, no, start start Saturday and take it on from there, and you know, best foot forward. And I think you know, you just mentioned there the no whole lot of time, but and they've they've a good bit of work done. Yeah, in my understanding, like that, There's plenty of plenty of in. You know, that the twenties are there as a group as well. You see, and they've been a bit of mixing and gathering going on there as well. Like, so all all helps, and it's it's maybe not all about this year either. Like. Probably go back to the start. What would be the objective this year? I suppose. Like I find it hard to see you coming out of Division Four, but consolidation would be important. I think. But and you'll consolidate. You'll be in a good position. I think. Win your four home matches and see where that brings you. That brings you to eight points, and it's an even enough, enough division. So there'll be teams taking points off each other. So get eight and pick up something on the road, and maybe you could be going to Carrigan Shannon with the last match with. An awful lot on the line. That's true, and uh, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you'll see where you are, uh, particularly after the first three games, because two of them are away. Just before I let you go, um, I know Tip played a hurling challenge against Clare. I think it was at half ten yesterday morning. I don't know how many people actually ventured into Nina to see that. Bearing in mind Storm Iris or whatever it was was hitting us at the time. Uh, we've a Dylan Quirk fundraiser um, this coming weekend against Limerick, and yes, Limerick, yeah. then it's time to to get into the serious things of National Hurling League um, very early days very hard to, uh, you kind of you know you have to fill air time but you don't want to overanalyze what we've seen so far because it's probably unfair on fellas the time of the year that's in it and the experimental nature of the lineups. Yeah well a lot of players I suppose are, are seeing game time that's that's important too like that's, that's if if you got hit for a couple of injuries and stuff like that that you have plenty of fellas that will be able to able to step, in, step in and won't be overawed by the by the thing, but the the, the hurling league has only five matches, but it's taken on a slightly different uh, different meaning this year. Like that, um, the twenty twenty five league format is going to be different. They'll be breaking up into into groups of seven, and like it's important that you're in division that, one. Yeah. Hurl, yeah, just say no. Division one, they're still playing, playing a bit of politics with it. There'll be a division one A and one B, but all the other divisions will be two, three, and four. Like, but, uh, uh, and there'll be a final. But it's how you get into that seven, and it's important. There, I say that we not be in the seven for 20, the top seven for twenty twenty five. Um, you have to be in the top three or at worst fourth, and then you have a game to um, score difference and all that type of stuff. The top three teams in division one A and one B. Top two, three, two, top three will give you six, and then whichever is the best four, best team after that will make yeah. the seventh for the twenty twenty five league. I know it's, 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 it's a bit senseless to be talking about twenty twenty five when twenty twenty four has been started, but, but when when but the process is important too. Like when you know, it gives the league an extra 
little bit of a dimension. And it's been important, I think, for our, you know, the team and the management group and all that, that you know, we're, we're in the best position possible, and that's in the top seven, at yeah. least, going into 23-5, because that generates uh, a life of its own when it doesn't, when it doesn't work out properly either. Like, but I, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be in the we should be in the we should be able to make top three in our group anyway. Like. Yeah, with help, God. Listen, Tom, I've got to fly, but look, good talking to you, and uh, it's great to have matches. Uh, good to have matches to talk about a bit more competitive matches and it's a bit more uh, something to get our teeth into. Put it that way. All right, talk exactly. to you soon. Yeah, okay, Thanks Ronan, all the best, Tom. Thanks for that. Uh, Tom McGrath joining us there. Let's uh, lots of texts coming in about uh, colleges hurling, both the Harty Cup and Munster B competition. Uh, lots of Tipperary interest in both. I'll come to those texts and indeed have a chat with uh, Paul Carroll uh, in a little while. Before I do, a quick word with Tony Smith on ladies football. Hey, Tony. Hi, Ronan. Uh, firstly, great congratulations to the Tip ladies to go up to Cavan and win, first and foremost. One four to Tip, two points to Cavan. Um, I know conditions were the same for both sides, but how were conditions in Cavan yesterday? Well, just like this, Ronan, when you hear beforehand that you're going to be playing with, there's going to be a strong wind, there's going to be rain, you immediately picture it as blowing straight down the field and you kind of think accordingly. But when we arrived there, the wind and the rain was across the pitch, which made it difficult for obviously in both halves and plus the underfoot conditions were not ideal. They were very, very soft, and they caught up as the game went on. So considering all the, the factors that were there, I thought it was a very good performance by the girls. I saw the warm-up, some pictures of the warm-up, and my heart went out to them, to be honest with you, because, uh, you know, an, an away match in Cavan on a Sunday in January ain't easy, and in those conditions, I think we have to take our hats off to them for the not only the performance, um, but also the win. And they did exactly what they had to do. They did indeed. I mean, we, we, we'll take it three points. What more do you want? But uh, we dominated possession. We dominated the game. But because of the conditions, it was very difficult to convert it into scores because you literally had to be right in front of the goal, in near, before you had a chance of scoring. And uh, there was quite a few balls drifted away. I think we kicked 13 wides in total. And I think Kevin, Kevin had only two wides in total. So it just shows you we dominated the play but unfortunately the conditions didn't allow for scoring. Can I ask you perhaps to give a critique on the fitness levels you're seeing from the girls who've come back from Australia and whether or not, you know, obviously they benefit from from that time away and they were playing competitively up to December. Uh, Do you see a significant are they ahead, oh, of, yeah. ahead of the others in terms of fitness? I know that that gap will close as the season progresses, but yeah, I'm just interested to see how much, how much, how much fitter they are at this stage of the season than how they would otherwise be had they not been in Australia. I think it's a very close question. Absolutely, I mean, they came back from a professional environment, and they definitely, you know, definitely benefited them. Now, our girls have been following a program for the last couple of months, and it has benefited them big time. Oh, unfortunately, Anna Rose came back with it's still carrying an injury, and she's she's still under strict conditions as regards her return to play. So she was only able to play for a half yesterday. Neve Martin had an injury coming back, but now she seems to be getting over it, and she played for over a half yesterday. Ashling Ashling is playing very very well at the moment. I thought Ashling had an outstanding game yesterday. It's you know it is interesting, and I, just to get pick up on something you said there in terms of return to play protocols is for Anna yeah. Rose. Does her club in Australia? have a, an ins- or say in that or is that just something you're managing locally? It's coming from our club in Australia and uh, our physio is monitoring it and we're doing it very, very carefully. Right. You no, know, it's just interesting to me that there still is an umbilical back to Australia in terms of what they can and can't do and I'm wondering how much tic-tac there has to be between Peter and his team and yourselves with the clubs in Australia so that everybody knows 
where the girls are, what sort of level of physical stuff they're doing, and whether who has a veto on it. Well, that's true, Ronan. But I mean, at the same time, there isn't there isn't a sort of veto. I mean, the reality is that the girls are available while they're here, and obviously they're playing while they're here. But it, like the same as any other girl who wasn't even in Australia, if she was carrying an injury, we'd monitor her very carefully. And uh, you know, when we get the all clear that she could come back and do a little bit, then we do that and eventually build her up to full fitness. Okay. So we're really doing the same with regard to these girls, and obviously their plans will be to go back down to Australia for the Australian season. Mm, of course, yeah, and, 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 you know, that's understood and understandable, but uh, um, anyway, look, we'll cross all those bridges when we come to no, it. Exactly. We're, just, we're just delighted to have the best Absolutely. Sure, who wouldn't you know. want um, three semi-professional athletes coming into your team and into your setup? you know? I mean, uh, yeah, it, yeah. And also, I'm sure, you know, even from a dressing room point of view, I'm sure it lifts, uh, rising tide, lifting all boats, etc. I want to ask does, you... And they've brought a positive attitude of course. like they've always had, you know. But they were also competitive right up to the latter stages. I know Orla was on Orla Dwyer, who's not with you. She was on the winning team, uh, Brisbane, was it? 2019, yeah, yeah. I know, but she was on the winning team in the WAFL this year again. Um, but like, yeah. uh, Ashling was with Melbourne. They got to a semi final, I think. Um, uh, Neve Martin. Uh, Ashling was with uh, Geelong. Geelong, sorry. And Anna Rose was there as well, and then. Neve was with North Melbourne and they got to the final. Oh yeah, so I mean, like they were, yeah. they were. My point, I suppose, I'm trying to make is that they were playing right up to the latter, latter right. la- stages right. of everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tyrone yeah. are next, and I noticed that Tyrone beat Westmead yesterday. Read yeah. into that for us. Uh, Tyrone again will be a difficult game because it's above and over, and again we'll have to travel up on the Saturday, stay overnight because they're hoping to play as a corporate men's game between Tyrone and Roscommon. And uh, so, it's, you know, it's an attractive fixture for us, but it's like all these games and you have to travel a distance like that and in this case, stay overnight. It does make it that little bit more difficult. But uh, it's no, I've no doubt about it, Ron. It's going to be a, a tough game, but if the conditions are better, I hope it will suit us. Okay. Last year, I seem to recall, we seem to have a glut of home matches and this year, perhaps, the yeah. exact opposite is occurring. The LGFA have an unusual way of doing things that apparently the last time you play a team, you know, if you meet them this time, it's the opposite. No matter how long ago it is, I don't know who keeps all these records, but um, obviously if you played a team at home last year and you played them this year, you're away and vice versa. But for example, Donegal, the last time we played Donegal was a number of years ago, but it happened to be above Donegal, so now we're at home. You know, that type of thing. So yeah. it's, I, I, I'm sure somebody above in, in the office in Grove Park keeps a record of all this. I would imagine so, but anyway, uh, yeah. just looking at our league campaign this year, do you know how many home matches we do have? or is that We, we have three. three. We, we're not too bad. We could have been worse because okay. last year we had six and one away, but this year we have three at home and four away. But of the away matches, the first three weeks are away. We're away to Tyrone next weekend and the following Sunday we're away to Leash. I don't know if you heard Tom Tom McGrath on before you, but he was ex- sort of making a very co- cogent point about the need to win your home matches and uh, the fact that you've got an away match under your belt so early, I think, is a shot in the yeah. arm. It is, and there's also there's an attraction this year, Ronan, in that for the first time, the top two teams will be promoted. Like the, the last year it was just one, really, wasn't it? it was just correct, last year. it has been one for quite a while now, but what's, what's happening as well is the top two teams will obviously get to play in the final in Cove Park, but both teams will get promoted. Oh yeah, no, that's a very positive thing. Listen, Tony, uh, congratulate everyone in the backroom team for us. One four to two points win over Cavan, and we look forward to the game against Toronto next weekend. Thanks very much, Ronan. Not at all. Take care. That's Tony Smith from the Tipperary Ladies joining us there. Let's uh, let's talk Hearty Cup for a minute. Paul Carroll's on the line. How are you, Paul? Good evening, Ron. How are you? I'm good, and thanks for joining us, and also thanks for sitting in last week. My 
appreciation for that. Just to read one what text out to you. Cracking effort by Thurless CBS. Tough to take losing by a point for the second year in a row. Leaving referee decisions aside, have to question why Thurless had to go to Clare to play St. Flannans in the quarterfinal. A Clare team and go to Limerick to play Limerick in the semi-final. We need to be cleverer than that. I don't know if you've any insight into how decisions are made on these things, but uh, um, perhaps it was done by draw or something, was it? Yeah, I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, it was, it was on in Kilmallock and like, never mind what county the pitch was in, the pitch was actually in a, a terrible condition. Now, this is no knock on the people of Kilmallock. I, I just think a, a lot of games have been played there the last uh, week or so, but, you know, for the last 10 minutes of the game, it looked more like a, a game inside in Thoman Park or Musgrave, well, not Musgrave Park, but Thoman Park than, than a game in a Harlem mm-hmm. field that was uh, ripped asunder, but um, yeah, it was a devastating loss for, for Tarlis, a point again, and the free at the end that that texter mentioned was was a tough one as well for Thurless because it was a the touch way the game soft, was, wasn't it? Oh, it was very soft. I thought now just because of how the game was played in terms of there was a load of rocks, it was very kind of uh, attritional stuff. And then a game like that, uh, a free like that to be given was was tough on Thurless. And what was worse as well was, I think there's like nearly an unwritten rule in in hurling and GAA that when something like that kind of happens and a point goes over for someone to go a point up late in injury time. You nearly always let the puck out go just to see who wins it, um, but it was blown up straight away. So it was, again, just such a, a cruel loss, really, for Tarlis because, you know, they had that awful start to the game, eight yeah. points to no score down after 10 minutes. And, you know, it looked like it was completely gone, and, and they managed to claw their way back. Like, with Cormac Patrick was unreal, 1-7 um, in total, 1-2 from play. Uh, Robbie Ryan really got into it. Ewan Murray in the middle of the field. Like he played in the, he he was under 15 for for Darlis Old last year, so he's very young. He got three points from playing midfield, but yeah, it was he's playing just, under uh, 19 and a half, and he's under 16 this year. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, like he got three points from play, from like, play so, like yeah, um, yeah, and it's a name I kind of you'd always remember because of the the golf commentator Ewan Murray, but. Uh, three from play from him um, yeah so like it, it's just really really tough because a lot of those lads would have been on that team last year lost the final by a point and here they are losing the semi-final by a point so yeah really disappointing and they came up against a very tough hard school team who had probably more Clare players than, than Limerick which was um, which was unique enough that, that happens quite a bit I think inside an hard school they do uh I'm just looking at that art school team, coupled from Cratlow, um, six months. Yeah, Jamie Moylan, the centre back, is Cratlow. He was he was very good. Huge, mm-hmm. like real physical, big lad for for the for the grade. And Dermot Stritch there from Clonlara would, would be a name familiar with listeners. He got a good few points for um for art school. He would have got the winning score for Clonlara against Kildangan in the Munster um senior semi final. So um a lot of a lot of good Clare young lads on that art school team. Yeah, um, commiserations to Thurlis because I think they contributed massively to a very entertaining. Uh, if not, you know, it was entertaining without being spectacular in terms of the hurling. But you wouldn't get good hurling on a pitch in the conditions like that. So you know, you have to allow for those conditions. It yeah. was a game that ebbed and flowed, much like the Nina Charleville game as well. Now Nina came on the right side of this two eighteen to one seventeen. Yeah, like as we were saying there, Thurlis were nine points to one down after fifteen minutes. Uh, after 15 minutes in the Nina CBS game, uh, they were 1-8 to 1 point down. So they were what, 10 points down after 15 minutes. Um, Charleville just came out with the blocks unreal and kind of couldn't miss one of those kind of days where they were shooting from everywhere, going straight over the bar. They had the breeze um, and they made use of it early on Charleville. So it was looking bad for Nina in that first half. It was kind of like, oh, this could get kind of embarrassing because they were down by 10 and against the wind. But 
in fairness to them, they, they clawed back, kind of got a few points down. McCarthy got a few frees just to bring it back to maybe um, eight points. And then Aidan O'Connor from Nina got a, a kind of a, a real kind of poacher's goal. It was, I think, Austin Duff played a ball in from the 45. It looked like he was going for a score and just kind of um, half connected with the ball and it's rolling in towards the goalkeeper. And uh, Aidan O'Connor cuts in and gets it and flicks it into the back of the net. And, um, you know, that, that made it 110 to 15. So at halftime, I think it was 112 to 16. And that wasn't bad for Nina considering how slow the start was. Um, but then in the in the second half, then as that started, Nina just came out of the box with that freeze. Darren McCarthy with, with some great freeze as well. And Nina took the lead after 45 minutes. So um, that kind of set up what was a, a really grandstand finish. So coming down the stretch, um, the goalkeeper for Charleville came up to hit freeze and he banged over three freeze um, in a row. Uh, to, to give Charleville the lead. So what happened was it was a level game on the 60th minute. Darren McCarthy lined up for a free for Nina. On the 45, one you'd expect him to be getting you know, nine times out of ten, and he hits this. Um, he hits it straight to, uh, straight towards the post, and by all accounts, over the bar. Umpires wave it over the bar, but the linesman puts up the flag. He, he thinks it's wide. Referee goes with the linesman. It's been waved wide, so it's still a level game. Charleville go up the other end, win a free. Goalkeeper comes up, hits it over the bar in the 63rd minute. So um, you think this could nearly be over here. Nina go along with the puck out and it's the mother of all scraps on the 45 proper hearty cup hurling. Just a scrap ball for literally about 30, 40 seconds trying to win the ball. Eventually it comes out to Gavin McGrath from uh, Kildangan and he just, it looks like he's going for a score off his left-hand side out near the sideline and it just drops in. I don't know if it hit the goalkeeper, hit the crossbar or what, but it bounced out off the goalkeeper and Dara Tracy into the back of the net. And it was just wild scenes um, inside in Capamore. So yeah. that was an unbelievable win for Nina. And that was played on a field that was in much better shape in Capamore than what was in Kilmallock. But it's the first final now since 2012 for Nina CBS, a school that's never won the Hearty Cup. Yeah, um, they were beaten in the Hearty Cup final in 2012, but went on to win the Croke Cup. Yeah, yeah, uh, that would have been uh, Jason Ford's Jason team. Ford's, yeah. Yeah, Jason Ford, Ty Gallagher, a few more oh, of, of those right, kind yeah. Of those, yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll make but, it'll make for a fascinating final, I think, because you know you've got two good teams. You just hope for a decent pitch and a decent day. Time will tell. I, before I go, it would be remiss of us not to mention Clamell High School, who are into the B Colleges final after their superb win over St Francis of Rochestown. And I wonder how they, if you follow Clamell High School on Twitter, they seem to have games on the, constantly between their football team, their hurling team, their rugby team who played Munster Junior Cup against Glenstall this weekend as well. It seems like everybody in the school is involved in something. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it's brilliant that, um, like, you know, St. Francis College Rochestown is a, is a team you'd nearly always hear of in the Hearty Cup. So, mm. um, high school Clamell, uh, what was it, two two nineteen to one eight? Oh, so very comprehensive, re- yeah. Yeah, a comprehensive win for them. So, geez, it would be great to get another Tipperary school into the Hearty Cup if they could go on and win this um, the B competition. What? But also, and a texter makes this point, it's great for the local cu- clubs because the school might be better known as a Gaelic football nursery and has made great strides in rugby in recent years, but it's great for clubs like St. Mary's, Kilsheelan, Mile Rovers, Clonmelog, clubs like that to have fellas playing in the Munster final. Yeah, it's unreal. And, and schools hurling, it's really good for that because you know a lot of these clubs are around, based around Clonmel or Nina or Thurles or whatever, will be going at, her, at each other's throats for most of the year. But when it comes to schools, Ireland, you know, every, everyone's on the one team, everyone's coming together, and um, 
it'll be brilliant now inside in high school Clamell and inside in um, Nina CBS the, the next couple of weeks. Uh, looking forward to these finals. Yeah, even just looking at say the Turles CBS team, you know, there's a lot of Holy Cross Ballycal fellas there. Holy, uh, my Karki Boris, Irogan, Carty represented. You know. Um, Durless I think there was a representative from every division on that Thurless team because the goalkeeper Harry Lugnan is from Ross Gray and the lads from Anna Carty there in the west and killing all in the south and then all the lads in the mid so it was a widespread alright they cast their net wide don't they fair play to them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. although in fairness uh, and a texter points out to me as well that uh, listing all the clubs uh, effective from Clamell High School I've neglected Four Mile Water and Waterford but I suppose uh, we'll have to <laughs> allow one or two over the, uh, <laughs> over, the, over the River Shore but anyway so be it Paul it's good uh, we look for, do you know when that Tarty Cup final is on by the way? It's going to be on the weekend of the 3rd and 4th of February but um, no fixture has been confirmed as of yet anyway The games are going to come thick and fast for you the league is up and running in football the hurling will be up and running then you've Tarty Cup finals as well Busy man <laughs> Uh, the weekend off this weekend and I think that might be the last one for a good while <laughs> that was noted alright talk to you thanks to <laughs> okay, you Paul bye. take it easy good luck uh, Paul Carroll joining us there with news of the Harty Cup congratulations to Nina CBS commiserations of course to Thurlis on that uh, very very heartbreaking last minute defeat a second year in a row for Thurlis CBS to lose and to go out to the Harty Cup by a single point our text number is 083 Geraldine Canan's on the line. Hi, Geraldine. How you doing, Ronan? Minor Camogie takes centre stage. Yeah, great win on Saturday there. It was the Munster Championship. So, as you know, the Munster Championship is a separate competition mm. for the All-Ireland. So, um, I suppose it really is an important pre-season competition before the All-Ireland kicks off. And look, we had Cork in the first round and memories of them beating us last year and in the Munster final and I suppose this a lot of this group would have lost to them in the Munster final and under 16 All-Ireland final two years ago so look uh, I suppose there's a lot of hurt there against Cork so it was brilliant to get one over him on Saturday and it was fully deserved it was tough conditions at the time of the year and um, you know it wasn't always pretty but she couldn't couldn't um, fall to heart and determination by both teams and I just thought that John Ryan's team really dug deep there in the second half and, and pulled off a great win Yeah and it's really like atonement is, is, a, is a word I use a lot in this on this show but I think when you come to minor you don't necessarily have that but this team did have the hurt of, of losing to Cork on those two occasions under 16 in last year's minor as you say Psychologically, yeah. psychologically, how important is that then? Oh, I just think it's a massive boost, you know, for even for the whole county. Um, just you know, I suppose Cork are the kingpins at the moment. The senior champions, they're minor champions, they're under sixteen champions, they're intermediate monster champions. So look, they they won a lot of trophies last year, and uh, you know, it's nice. You know, you'd be kind of getting worried. Are they are they unstoppable at times? So it's great first match, first intercounty match of the year at home against Cork, and to get a win. And the, the manner of the win as well. You know, we were against the wind in the first half. Um, both teams traded points then Tip got four in a row some beautiful um, passages of play there involving like for Lucy Purcell and, and Lucy Heffern and Ava Beavens you know Lucy Purcell I thought was very impressive in the first half got two lovely points from play um, and then Cork obviously came back and it was level at half time five points piece but um, you know to hold uh, Cork to one point in the second half there Cork are there centre back and like so Paula Cork gave a dole and were brilliant and held Cork to one point in the second half while you know Cueva Stakelin was excellent on freeze I thought Kira Shelley did really well when she came out the field Danielle Ryan had a great game as well scored two points so it, just, it was a great team performance and a lot of positives and uh, I think the management team would have learned a lot from it Yeah well what's next? Uh, so that, they're through to a uh, uh, Munster final now they'll be playing oh, Waterford 
Warford excellent team last year got to the All Ireland yes. final last year, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of team they have this year. It's not till the 18th of February, so a couple of weeks to prepare for that. But uh, I suppose the, the big game on Saturday is is the Ursuline Turles are in their All Ireland semi final. They have a home fixture again, so that's happening in Littleton against Presentation at Nry on Saturday at, at one o'clock. And then uh, the league starts for our Division Two team, our junior team. They're out in the Division Two B League on Saturday as well at two o'clock at home against Cork. Can I just ask about the Ursuline against Athenry and like Ursuline retained their Munster, Munster title, didn't they, with that defeat of Prez Turles? Um, yeah. So, where, in terms of their progress last year, who will start that game against Athenry's favourites? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, I know the Ursuline they were beaten in the All Ireland semi final this year, but I think they're definitely stronger this year. Um, they do, they look stronger on paper. They've they've a lot of team from last year. Um, still available this year. So you know, I think. Uh, but you know, you're up against presentation, right? They're always a good side. A couple of years ago, I think they beat Cashel in the in the All Ireland final. I'm not sure how they did last year. I think uh, the, it was a Russia Kilkenny won it out last year. But uh, look, it's, it's probably going to be a 50-50 game. But you'd have to say Arsenal would have nothing to fear, and, and maybe the the home the home advantage could tip it in their favour. Just before I let you go, we wish Arsenal well next weekend against Athenry. Just before I let you go, the draw has been made for the All Ireland Camogie Championships. Uh, we're in the same pool uh, alongside Waterford, Kilkenny, Limerick, Antrim, and Derry. When you look at that draw, it's Waterford, Kilkenny are going to be the big games. Yeah, definitely. I suppose when I look at it first, I'm looking Limerick, Derry, Antrim. They have to be must-win games, and you know, three come out with the group. One, t- one will go straight into uh, semi-finals and two into quarter-finals. So. Look, you just can't make any mistake against Limerick, Derry and Antrim straight away. And it'll just be interesting, I suppose, whether you have to travel to Derry or have to travel to Antrim. So they could be tricky fixtures, but that's the first thing. But then obviously Waterford and Kenny, I think a win over Waterford would be crucial, you know, even just for psychological reasons maybe. So, um, you know, a big hammer blow losing to them last year in an All-Ireland semi-final. I know there was a lot of hurt over that. So they'll definitely want to try and, and make sure they don't lose two years in a row uh, to Waterford. And obviously Kilkenny is the big one there very close to beating them last year ended up a draw we topped the group last year um, and look that's what that's obviously going to be the aim you know you want to be coming out strong out of that group because you're going to be facing obviously t- very tough opposition then in a semi-final or a quarter-final so um, but yeah it's it's a, it's a tasty group again um, I think that's an understatement yeah tasty is right yeah. you know yeah I- but look I suppose there's no getting away from it you've Cork and Galway on the other side as well so look it, you know it's it's it, I suppose what it is really is it's a long it's a long season you know it's a it's a tough championship if you know looking at five games on the trot really and a bit of travelling as well it's so it's a panel is going to be the key and I suppose we're still waiting for that a senior panel to be announced I know he, Dennis there's a lot of players in training with him at the moment and and I think cuts have to be made shortly um so I think definitely he's going to need maybe a stronger panel than ever because maybe that's what caught us a bit last year. As, you know, on the on the we're on the road a long time between the league and the that's Munster true. and All Ireland series, and you know, just interesting to see how he approaches maybe the league and Munster this year. And you look at the so you know the, the the five top teams, and I say five: Waterford, Kilkenny, Tip, uh, Galway, and Cork. Uh, with all due respects to the likes of Limerick and, and Wexford, but you know, semi final berth is is is. Every one, every one of those four, five is, is is looking at that as an absolute minimum this year for them. Oh, oh, definitely, you know, and that's I suppose Tip have been reaching the semi final, and I suppose last year we got our hopes up that maybe this year we we get to a final, you know, because we were fighting the Corks and and the, and the Galways and Kilkenny that had beaten us in previous semi finals. So look, you know, definitely 
it has to be a semi-final has to be a goal again and you know there's no way Dennis Kelly I suppose would be involved this year if he didn't have ambitions of, of reaching at least the semi-final so look that's the aim but you know there's a lot of a lot of camogies we played between now and then no and doubt. a lot of work to be done and you know no doubt that the girls are there that they'll put it in uh, Thanks indeed Jaron. just before I let you go congratulations on your Annabelle Award Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> I hope you enjoy your evening and uh, well-deserved indeed, Ger. Thanks for everything you do for us. Thanks very much, Ron. Not at all. Take care. Ger Lincoln Ann, uh, PRO of the County Camogie Board. Joining us there, and my thanks to her. Lots of texts coming in. 083-311-3311. Back with rugby in a sec. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel. Multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. Extra Time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina. OREA Stokes and Quirk Clonmel. And OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestateallianceie You're very welcome back. Let's turn our attention to rugby. Clonmel Rugby Club's Joe Winston is on the line. Good evening to you, Joe. Good evening, Ronan. Uh, an interesting first two games of the league for Clamwell Rugby Club because uh, it had a difficult day I think it's fair to say um, it was against Enniscorthy um, last weekend while this weekend a different affair with Middleton Yeah um, we travelled up to Enniscorthy after the Christmas break and uh, in hindsight we probably needed a game or something before we went up there uh, but of course the weather wasn't helping with that anyway but um uh, Enniscorthy are a very good team and they were would have been out for getting even with us after us beating them in Clamwell when they were fancy to win. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Enniscorthy are a team that were pushing for promotion. Their promotion push looks a little derailed because Clahar Valley and Galwegians are significantly ahead of them, but they are third yeah. in the league. But uh, yeah. Clamwell and Middleton are probably comparable in terms of where they are in the league. Yeah, exactly, yeah, mid-table. Now Enniscorthy, of course, did come down from to be last season so, and they would have been looking for a quick bounce back but uh, I think uh, Galwegians will be probably the favourites there uh, over Claha Valley they've they've got the track record and the experience with Claha Valley have, have just come into senior rugby and they had a great start like uh, a lot of the Ulster and Leinster teams do when they come into the league but uh, Galwegians experience will stand to them in the long term Talk to us about the Middleton game in Ardgiha this week. Yeah, uh, of course, all the worries were, were would it go ahead or not after all the frost. So uh, that cleared, but we had rain for the duration of the game and the pitch turned a bit mucky, so it was a real dour affair. Battles between the forwards. But uh, we played against the wind in the first half, a very strong wind, and we went in at halftime 10 all. so we were very pleased with that, very good first half performance uh, so we thought we, we would kick on in the second half but we never quite got going we seemed like we were better playing into the wind than with it but to be fair to Middleton they, they upped their game made it very physical in which we matched them in um, and then we, we got our bit of luck at the, the end of the game with a penalty and injury time which I think we probably deserved a victory anyway uh, Clamel's form this year has been patchy I think is fair to say uh, yeah. you've won games that you probably should have lost and there's been one or two occasions where you've lost games that you probably should have won 
Well, you don't throw away, I think, is the phrase you're looking for. Well, I didn't want to say that uh, on air, Joe. <laughs> no, yeah, but, <laughs> let's be honest about it. Uh, yeah, we'll go back to the fact that we have a very young team and uh, some of them are only getting to know one another. Plus, we're missing about five or six players as well at the moment for one reason or another, mostly injuries. Uh, we've lost um, one of our props, Jason, there uh, before before Christmas, so he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And uh, we're just not having that little bit of luck we, we need with injuries. We're scrambling. But the lads who are coming in are doing very well. And again, uh, Middleton on Saturday were pounding our line for the last five minutes. Well, like the end of scoring game in Clomel, we held them out. Now, that must be very pleasing, though, when you can see out of win like that when you are spending the last five minutes on your line. Oh, very much so. Yeah, you can kind of you get that joy of the success of your defence, um, and it gives you a real boost, and it, and it gives belief to the players as well that they can do this. As I say, our problem is still with some injuries and with a very young squad. Uh-huh. And uh, Who's next, Joe? Uh, we're away to Tullamore uh, next Saturday. Now, Tullamore are only just ahead of you in the league. I mean, they're three yeah. points ahead of you. They're in fifth, you're sixth. Yeah. How did that go when you met in Clamell? Oh, well, that was one of the games we threw away. So, therefore, uh, atonement and revenge. Good dish serve cold, Joe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, we'll go up and give it our best chance. Of course, I mean, every team is expected to win their home games. And uh, we're getting a little bit more consistent on winning our home games uh, than we were at the start of the season. So, But we'll go up and we we have nothing to fear going up there. It'll be, again, an evenly matched, or both teams evenly matched. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Just uh, get your view on Division 2A for a second because it is an all-Tipperary affair at the top yeah. of the league. I mean, Nina came to Cashel and won. Cashel went up to Nina and won. Both teams won again this weekend. And yeah. there's real clear blue water between Nina on 45 points, Cashel on 40, down to Barnhall on 33. So barring yeah. some sort of mid-season collapse, you're looking at the top two being tip sides in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, it's, it's a real battle between those two, and we know from the fact that they each won their away games against one another that uh, it, it could go either way. But it, neither have started, Kasha have started well and kept it going until the, until the loss against Kasha mm-hmm. in Nina. But uh, it, could, it could go anyway. It's definitely between those two, two top the table. Yeah, it is great times. I mean, there were great nights, uh, those matches that were played in tip yeah. between Cashel and Nina and uh, in both Lissatoni and in, in Cashel. And uh, if you didn't yeah. get to see them, they really are top-class entertainment. Um, but look, Joe, it's it's a great time. Thanks for your time this evening. We'll touch base to soon. You're welcome. Take it easy, Joe. Take care. Thanks. Bye. That's uh, Joe Winston from Clamwell Rugby Club joining us there. Congratulations to Nina and to Cashel on their wins over the weekend as well. And uh, We'll have a quick word with Barry Ryan who's on the line. Hi, Barry. Hi, Ronan. How are things? Very well, my friend. Thanks for joining us this evening. Um, obviously, the FAI Junior Cup takes centre stage. You had some concerns, I think, about Harwick's artificial pitch that St. Michael's went up to face them in the third, in the fifth round, I should say. Um uh, on Saturday and I think Michaels even fell behind didn't they needed Jimmy Carr's yeah, penalty were. to come back into it yeah went 1-0 down um, and I would say they would accept themselves probably maybe a little bit of a slow start uh, 
definitely to do with the surface. The ball was zipping around um, harder, but so used to it. It was second nature. Um, and it took St. Michael's a little bit to get going. They, they couldn't get the ball down and play as much football as they probably would have liked to. Um, Everton was just kind of happening a little bit too quick uh, and never really got settled early on. But as usual, their response to going behind, there was no sense of panic even up there. I was up there on Saturday. Um, but Jimmy Carr just is incredible because whenever, whenever they're in a sticky patch, he won the penalty. Um, brilliant run down the left. As he crosses the ball, the defender comes in with a late challenge. There's no doubt about it. It's a penalty. And then he absolutely hammers the penalty into the stanchion, like putting him in more in the corner. One all. Five minutes later, he's in behind, one-on-one, cuts across the last defender, knows he has to bring him down, red card. And all of a sudden, within five minutes, Jimmy has turned the game on his head, dare down to 10, and he's equalised as well. Yeah, um, he is the sort of go-to, but he, he that pressure, he, he handles it very well. He's a seasoned guy at this stage. This fella's played how many times for the Irish Junior International team? He's won FAIs, won everything there is to win in the game at St. Michael's. Yeah, it just... It's incredible that he always has an impact, whether it's scoring a goal, whether it's creating a goal. And like, people don't give him enough credit for how rugged and robust he is for someone who's not the biggest fella. Like the tackle he took. And for he, the, takes, for the he takes a lot of attention. And I'm, I'm, I could say another word, but he does. He is on the receiving end of a lot of attention. All the time, but he fronts up to that all the time. Puts his body on the line. He, I, I said to someone coming out of there on Saturday, I don't know will we ever see another Jimmy Carr. I don't know will we ever see a player of that ability. Like he's, I would have always, when he came on the scene, he was a winger. And he played as a centre-forward through the middle on Saturday, albeit at times they rotated and he would come wide and Russell Cork would fill the nine. But he literally, he's as good through the middle as he is at wide. He can drop back in and help defensively. He can do absolutely everything. I'm interested, like, is he is he a kind of a... Some listeners now will roll their eyes when I say this. Is he like a false nine? I think he's one of those players that can do it because he's comfortable... A Thierry Henry kind of category, positions. you know? Yeah, he's just comfortable everywhere. I suppose he's such a natural footballer. I think he's comfortable to play wherever he needs to play. But even, like, you know, he he's well into his 30s now. He hasn't lost that explosive speed either, which is, you know, he's just... it's He's a one-off. We'll never see another Jimmy Carr. He's probably... I've often heard Moore Schwartz talking about Oli Cal. He's obviously in that bracket of that type of, of incredible winger. Yeah, well, Oli Cal was an incredible winger, but didn't play a lot of junior football because he won an FAI Junior Cup with Town in 1993, I think. Four, 94. And then, and then went, yeah. went to England pretty much straight away. Yeah, went to Northampton Town, Town and yeah. then came back and carved out a great League of Ireland career at Cork and Shelburne. But I suppose Jimmy could have went that route, I'm sure, as well, would have had multiple opportunities at Watford, United, or whoever it may be. But St. Michael's are certainly glad he stayed where he was. It speaks volumes, I think, as well, of St. Michael's because they, they have that longevity. They're the West Ham, maybe, of, uh, of, of Tiberi football because the likes of Chalky Walsh, uh, Paul Breen, Christopher Higgins had long, long careers with St. Michael's. Yeah, and look, even up there on Saturday, they had huge support up in Dublin, as they always do. Um, you know, I just it was just that sense of after going one nil down and the home crowd getting excited, but you just could see nobody was from the supporters to anybody on the pitch to the dugout. Everybody was just completely relaxed. And yeah, we'll turn this around. And like Joey Mulcahy deserves to mention as well. The minute he came on the pitch, I thought he brought an air of control and an air of calm. He got the ball down, he started moving it around, and then scored an incredible thirty-five yard free kick. And Joey may confirm this, but from from my vantage. He was wearing a pair of runners. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. Well, I suppose so, the pitch you know, dictated... Five-yard well. free kick into the top corner and a pair of runners. <laughs> okay. When will you see it? I, obviously, we're going to have to talk next about Clamell Celtic's 2-0 win against Malahide. 
fabulous result, not just for Celtic, for their season, for what that means for that club, but also for the league. Yeah, look, it's brilliant. Um, three Tipperary teams in the draw, which is going to be done tomorrow. Um, and Celtic were really, really good value for it in atrocious conditions at the bypass. Uh, Malahoy tried to probably overplay at times. with a little bit too much football. Um, and Celtic turned them over really well. Looked like they did their homework. Don Celtic very high pressing um, with Jamie Hearn playing in the 10. Probably a little unusual for him. But Graham Kelly reveled in the competi- in the, the conditions. Uh, really put himself about winning tackles, winning headers, getting them on the front foot. Um and look, you know, it was really, really good performance. And uh, Drewkey Drowan scores again. We've said that a few times on this show. He's a little bit of a League of Ireland experience and he's popped up with a great, really important goal. Yeah. Um, so three teams, uh, have Peak played their fifth round? Well, this is a really unusual one, Ronan. Peak Villa were 2-0 up after 20 minutes in Turles, coasting, and the game was abandoned due to the weather. So they're now going to have to go to Dublin uh, in two weeks' time. OK. Should this have been started? Well, look, I suppose, to be fair to the official, it probably feels you've got to give them a chance at least because they're going to lose home advantage either way. Um, okay. And then, you know, the rain was so relentless. And, you know, everybody often jumps on referees and stuff, you know. But like, if someone gets hurt, it's going to come back to the fact, is that pitch playable? So I think he's in an impossible position. You've and, got to bear in mind but, that the team have travelled. They're in Thurless. They've probably done the warm-up. Yeah. They're ready to go. It's, yeah. it's, it's a big call to say, do you know what, lads, get back in the bus. Yeah, I think I think everybody would have been pushing and say, look, I guarantee you, know, people saying, look, come on, at least give us a chance and see how we go. It's just unfortunate that they got two goals in the first 20 minutes. Uh, and it was a game they were certainly going to win. But, you know, it's one of those. It's a really disappointing for Peak Villa. But I think in terms of health and safety and everything, it's a bigger picture for a referee in that situation. After, like we saw it with the Irish women's football team, I can't remember where they were, somewhere in... Uh, we saw a one-man yeah, pitch in, in, in the tr- qualifier. Yeah, yeah, it was appalling, and you can't expect players to perform or even ask players to play in those sort of conditions. I'm not yeah, saying that the and, tower and, field was like that. Oh, and by the no. way, l- delighted to see a new stand up there as well, uh, which was in uh, I think unveiled uh, this weekend in uh, up in Peak Villa. So uh, yeah, and the timing was immaculate for that yes. as well. With the weather that was there, it was great to have it. I look, that's a really good time for the club of where they're going to try to improve facilities, trying to improve the match day experience of people coming up and everything. And it's again, it's good for the. Team that the grounds and the venues are getting better and mm. um, and look it looks great yeah absolutely before I let you go just a quick look ahead to next Sunday at 11.30 Clomill Town against St Michael's in the Clomplex uh, I'm not so sure it's going to define uh, the Premier League but it is a St Michael's are not going to want to drop points and Town would love nothing more than taking points off them yeah, that's a question I was hoping you weren't going to ask me. Um, I think that's going to be a really, really difficult day for Clamour Town. I think St. Michael's right now, are, their stratosphere is apart, the two clubs. And I don't, someone said to me, well, well, will there not be that derby, that El Clasico factor? I don't think there will be. I think St. Michael's are a juggernaut at the moment with the squad. And the players, whatever 11 they put out, know what's breathing down their necks and are going to be absolutely all over town from the get-go. I just think that's going to be a difficult, difficult um, Sunday for Clamour Town. Yeah, I'd have been on the, the the other camp and sort of saying, look, it's it's the the history of Town Michaels, it's the keenest rivalry in the league. There has to be some sort of a kick out of town. But you're saying yeah, look, Michael's form, Jimmy Carr's unplayable, unmarkable at the moment, you know? They're getting goals yeah, from a number I've, I've of sources. In, 
yeah, I've played in Commonwealth Town teams where we were really, really strong and, you know, the Michaels game could go either way. I've played in Commonwealth Town teams where we were in a little bit of transition, but, you know, you'd still feel we have a little bit of enough quality, we might cause them some problems. But I'm not trying to be disparaging of this particular group or whatever, but there's a lot of younger players, there's a lot of much older players. I just think the two clubs are in completely different spaces right now. And I just think that fixture is going to be difficult. And if Commonwealth Town can set up just to contain from the get-go, I think that would be, I think that would be really acceptable. Not to talk about next week, Barry. Thanks for your time. Thanks a million, Ronan. Take care, Barry Ryan there. And just before we go off air, two national titles for Tipperary's Kate, Katie Bergen, the Moyne Athletic Club spinter, successfully defended both her 60 metres and 200 metre titles at the National Under-23 Track and Field Championships in Athlone this weekend. She started the day by setting a new PB in winning the 60 metres, finishing in a time of 7 minutes point six two seconds. That's all we've time for. Ian O'Connor produced. I'll talk to you next week. Good night and good luck. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina. OREA Stokes and Quirk Clon Mel. And OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. At eight, good evening, I'm Tina Gates. The unmarried widower at the centre of today's